Welcome to Briarwood Football Classics. I'm Matthew Forster. I'm the head coach of Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. This season is the 50th season of Briarwood Football, and we're publishing this podcast to remember some great games and moments from the past. And these are Briarwood Football Classics. Hey, I'm real excited about this week's BCS Football Classics podcast because we're actually going back uh, to the original time that Coach Yancey first came to Briarwood. So we have two amazing men joining us today. Joey Jones. Joey, you probably don't need an introduction in the state of Alabama. You played for Coach Bryant, played for Coach Perkins, uh, went on and played uh, for the Atlanta Falcons and USFL Stallions, and then just a stellar coaching career, uh, head coach South Alabama for a long time, started the program there. And then, of course, uh, Mississippi State, and then you're retired, and every time I talk to you, you're down, down the, at the Orange Beach uh, working on your boat. So appreciate you coming <laughs> on. <laughs> well, gl- glad to be here, Jay. Good to talk to you. And then Bart Yancey. Bart uh, came with Coach Yancey from Memphis that year in 1990. Uh, Bart, you uh, played quarterbacks to your starter and then had a great career at Sanford, and then uh, – and just now an outstanding professional career as a businessman and just really appreciate you guys and uh, looking forward to talking about some old memories. Yeah. Thanks coach. Looking forward to it. This will be fun. So Joey, I'm going to start with you as far as the story goes, because I'm a youth pastor at Briarwood Presbyterian church. My phone rings one day and it's you calling me out of the blue (laughs) and you were in commercial real estate and you were asking me what I thought about you leaving commercial real estate and going into coaching, and especially you uh, an opportunity to come up for you to go to go to Briarwood. And thankfully, you did not follow my advice because I think I told you don't do it. So anyway, uh, well, talk me through that. Well, you were probably talking uh, uh, about financially, obviously, but. Uh, because that big whopping 22000 I was making at Briarwood that wasn't too appealing at the time. Um, no, uh, you know, I, I, you know, obviously played ball for a long time and uh, got played, uh, you know, a couple of years with USFL, a couple of years at NFL, and all of a sudden it's all over. And so I just kind of struggled with what to do. Always thought I wanted to coach, but just didn't know. And um, so I, tried the commercial real estate thing and it was, and it was fun. And I believe it would have been successful, obviously, if I'd have kept doing it, but um, I just kind of found myself uh, wanting to go watch high school practices and, and uh, talking to people, talking to coaches and being around the players to me is the most fun thing in the world. And and probably one of the most uh, 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 gratifying things to do is, is, is work with players. So, yeah, so I, I, I got back in it and, and um, uh, coached there with, uh, with Coach Young that first year in 89 and Coach Yancey in 90. Of course, in that uh, 89 staff, I think uh, Kevin Kinder, if I remember right, was part of that and uh, Chip Jones. And and we mm-hmm. you know, can't say enough about the man that Coach Young is. Uh, so I know that had to have been a great experience with those men. But the, the football was struggling then. I think it was uh, – a Two and eight in '89, and uh, I think uh, one and eight the year before you got there in '88. So, as, as far as that being your first experience uh, coaching, what did that 
teach you or what did you learn and what do you remember about that? One of, one of the things I learned is I didn't know about much about football as I thought I did, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, and being a young guy, 27, and just because I played, you know, some, some football doesn't mean I knew how to coach. And so I, I guess after that season, I really I kind of said, man, I've, I've got to study this game and get good at what I do because I want to help these guys win and want to help them be successful. And I didn't really feel like I did much, you know. I mean, I, did, I obviously did some good things, but. I probably did more bad than others. And so uh, that was really what I learned there just from a personal standpoint. But uh, one thing, I, I tell you what, Coach Young really had a great impact on me. Uh, as you know, he's a great man. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, uh, uh, really loved the players and loved the Lord for, for yeah. sure. And just a great family man and just about as good a person as there is. And uh, Absolutely. so anyway, so that was a great experience with him. And, you know, it, and it was just one of those deals where, and I know we'll talk about the 90 season here for long, but, uh, you know, uh, they, they have been, they haven't been successful. And, and um, I think some of that just takes a little time to, to get guys thinking differently. And, yeah. and uh, thankfully it, ha- it happened the next year. So there was a core group coming. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, Chris Brakefield, Stephen Walsh and those guys, but Bart, you know, you're in Memphis at ECS uh, your dad had been this longtime, just beloved coach, uh, undefeated freshman seasons. You know, he and Rob Ritchie, and you'd played for him there. And I still, to this day, can't imagine what that must have been like for him to come to you, getting ready to start your junior year, and say, hey, uh, Bart, we're uh, moving to Birmingham. So talk us through your memory of that. Yeah. So that – uh you know, that definitely was an anxious time in my life, um, just being a junior in high school and, you know, really had lived in Memphis with that group of friends my entire life. And so when dad told me that he had made the decision to move to Birmingham, it was really mixed emotions because I'd, I wanted to play for him as a varsity player. And so there was a lot of excitement on one hand that I would get the opportunity to do that. But then there was a lot of sadness, too, just by leaving all my friends and um, leaving the comfort that I had there in Memphis. And I tell you, I look back on that time and it, it spiritually for me was probably the time that I grew more in my life than any other time, just because the only thing I could do was really rely on the Lord. And, and Jeremiah 29, 11 was kind of my verse, my life verse at that time. And mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, Lord, you're going to have to make this good for us. And I'm, I'm telling you what, he sure showed us his grace through that whole process. So I still to this day laugh about the first time, Bart, I met your dad at Briarwood. I'm, I'm still at the church. He's walking around with Dr. Kiner. It may be his first day on the campus after taking the job. And we still laugh with Dr. Kiner because he introduced your dad as a uh, the football knowledge of Bear Bryant, the spiritual life of Billy Graham, and the sustaining power of Bobby Bowden. Good old Dr. <laughs> style, you know. And all I thought was, well, I've seen them practice, and I kind of felt sorry for him at that point, you know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but didn't realize no he was bringing an all all star quarterback uh, into that into that year. Um, and so we get we get to that 1990 season. Bart, your junior year, 
his first year, Shannon Hartsfield, uh, all that. So I'd like to hear both from the coach and the player, the integration it takes to adapt to new coach coming in with a son who is the quarterback and what had to take place to even for that team to have a chance to come together and have the season that they had. Joey, uh, you can probably remember from a coaching standpoint. Well, I, I think that probably the, the the touchiest thing was the fact that we had Stephen Walsh, a quarterback, and Bart comes in there and, you know, his, his dad's the coach and, you know, how – uh, and I thought I thought Coach Yancey did a heck of a job on, on, on making it. He really gave Stephen a chance, and Stephen wanted to be a quarterback. And he was a good one, tough kid, unreal player. Uh, but it, there was a point about three weeks into it, and I and I just looked at Coach and I said, "Look, uh, I'm gonna help you out on this thing." I, I said, "I think Bart needs to be a guy." Um, it was pretty obvious to everybody, I think, and uh, and. And I knew Steven would – I didn't know how he would take it, but I did know that he could help us at receiver. And, boy, he really turned into a great wide receiver on the inside slot, really did some great – raced some great tough catches. And But I'm going to tell you, um, Bart Yancey coming in there and throwing the ball the way he did was was a, was a real catalyst in, in, in us going 11-2 that year because, as you know, having a great quarterback makes us all great coaches. And so um, I, I really think that him coming in was, was certainly big. And then we had some real mature guys around him that had been through the wars and ready to be successful. And mm -hmm. they were just so hungry. And, and it was just one of those years that was so much fun. And, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. So Bart, same, same thing, same scenario. You know, you're new. Just can't imagine, you know, what that must have been like. Because that that's a – that's a pretty salty group of guys you joined. You know, they were hungry to win, yeah. Uh, yeah. close, uh, been together forever. So, you know, how, tell me what you remember yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I remember coming into Briarwood and we really didn't know, you know, much about, I didn't know much about the school or any of the kids or the players. And uh, it didn't take long to realize that that senior class was really loaded. I mean, there there were several guys that could play for any of the great Briarwood teams over the years. Yeah. And uh, and so that was exciting to see that there was so much talent. And then I'll tell you what really made that quarterback competition um, just pretty a sweet time with Stephen Walsh and just the yeah. kind of person he is because he ended up being really our MVP of the team. Um, because he wasn't just a great, you know, slot receiver, but he was a great defensive player. But then he just had just this humility about him. And, uh, you know, I remember him coming up to me in the locker room a few weeks into the season, and he just pulled me over and he said, man, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're our quarterback. And I was thinking, man, what a guy. I mean, that guy right there just made everything easy for the team and the team really rallied around him. Um, so, you know, that was really my experience of coming in. And, um, you know, I, I, knew, I knew that we would be throwing the ball around just because I knew that that was what dad loved to do. And we had done that in ninth grade. And then when I met Joey and, uh, and, and knew that he would want to do the same thing. And, you know, he had a great group of receivers that year that we were throwing to led by Shannon Hartsfield. Um, you know, we were able to have some fun. But a, a quick little story about right when I got to Briarwood, I got there that summer, so a month before school started, 
and I was working out at the school on the grounds with Shannon Hartsfield. So he was the first guy that I met at Briarwood. And the first thing he asked me, he said, so what number do you wear? And I said, I'm number 12. And he said, you're going to have to find you a new number then. <laughs> and, and I said, you must be number 12. And he said, yeah, and I'm not giving it up either. So that's how I got number seven. And then you start this long legacy of great number sevens, you know, at Briarwood, you were the, you're the guy that everybody wanted to be, you know, after that. Uh, I have a couple of quick notes about that year, uh, Joey. The first one is, um, so I can't imagine at 3A, y'all spreading out and actually having a slot receiver with the idea that you're going to throw, um, you know, and I, and I know y'all had the, the running game to go with it, but mm -hmm. I can't, that had to have been tough on the opponent y'all are playing in, and Bart, you and Steven had that kind of uh, what they called big eyes. You know, you yeah. just look over and y'all would make eyes at each other. If he wasn't covered, you just catch and hit him. But, Joey, what, what was it like throwing the ball at that time when it was really unusual at every level? But I, I have to imagine it was really unusual at the level y'all were playing at that time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, surprisingly, Coach Yancey came to me, and I can't remember what point, but it was before camp, and he said, he said, I want you to call the passing plays and I'll call the running plays. And so I was up in the box. And so I was excited about that. Knew we had, knew we had Bart coming in. And yeah, after I saw him for a couple of weeks, knew that how special he was. And to me, you know, Jay, I know back in the day, everybody's running cover three. And, you know, and there's really not a lot of complex coverages back then. Eight man front looks. And um, so the hitch and the slant and all the simple stuff, the curl flats and all, all those kind of things were fairly easy to, to complete if you just had somebody could throw it and complete it. And, and uh, so we started adding some stuff to it and did some stuff from uh, Alabama. And uh, matter of fact, Coach Yancey, he said one of our favorite, I don't know if you remember this bar, but one of our plays was called College Park. Yeah. Because when we came back on Penn State uh, that year, we were running this play. And Coach Yancey said, let's call it College Park. You know, so I said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. So he liked calling them by names and I'd been used to numbers, but, uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was good, but to have those guys out there to do it and get it done is, was, was critical, but it was like taking candy from a baby in some ways because people didn't know how to defend the pass. Hey coach, I don't know if you remember the Moody game that year, that was the first cover two we saw. Yeah. And, and they lined up in cover two and we had never seen it the, the whole season. And I looked over at Hartsfield, and we had a 90 hitch called, and he automatically turned it into a fade, and I hit him between the safety and the and the cornerback. And I yeah. think Moody's Moody's coach told you guys after the game. He said, "I knew we were in trouble when y'all responded to cover two that way." <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it was probably more the receiver and the quarterback throwing it than the coaching, but that that was that was a heck of a throw. I do remember that because we didn't really have a lot of cover two beaters back then, you know, not yep. many people ran it. So help me out. I have a note here to ask you guys about, but uh, was it the 90 season Bart or the next that you guys played with the Baden ball? Do you remember the Baden ball? It was the 90 season. Okay. So that in the playoffs. So that, that had to have been, that's just typical coach Yancey, never afraid to experiment with something and to try it and you know just but uh what do, what do you remember about the baden ball tell tell the, the listeners even what that was yeah that was that was a ball that had fluorescent stripes 
that were going, I guess, would you say the opposite way of a normal football stripe? So it went the length of the football and it was really easy to see. I mean, it was like literally a, a glowing star going through the sky whenever you would see it at night. <laughs> and, and I remember dad brought me one of those balls and he said, hey, they just made these balls and they're legal. We can use them. And I felt it and it was a, it felt a little bit skinnier than a normal football. It wasn't as, as fat. And so for a quarterback, it was a great football to throw. And uh, the receivers, I think they liked it too because they could see it pretty good. And so we started using that, I think, in the playoffs that year, right before the playoffs and used it for about four, four games, I believe. But it was fun to play with. We were the only ones using it probably in the country that year. <laughs> <laughs> That's so typical him, but it makes you love him because of that. So, so here you guys are, you know, it's been one and eight and 88, two and eight and 89. And then here you go on this run, Isabella, you beat 37, 14, Chelsea, 22 to seven, St. James, 42, 26, Moody, 24 to seven, West Block. I mean, you guys are just rolling through that schedule. So Joey, what was that like, and, and was there a moment any at any point during that time that you're thinking, man, we may run the table on this thing? Yeah, it kind of got to be that way. Um, you know, I, I'm going to take time to say this. Uh, Coach Ancy is, is really my mentor as far as coaching goes, and, and because of all the things I learned from him in that, that first year with him. Uh, so I'm saying that to answer your question this way, that he was doing such a great job with bringing everybody together and having a plan. So when, you know, when you have a head coach that gives you a plan, then it really all you got to do is follow it, right? And right. so I, he gave the players a plan, the coaches a plan, and he made sure we understood what we were doing, you know, what we what he asked us to do. And I remember he asked, he told me a long time ago, and this may have been the next year, but he said, you know, you hire a bunch of coaches and you look at them, you evaluate them, and you let them do as much as they can do, but if they can't do something, you don't let them do it. <laughs> so, so that that always made sense to me that you know he 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 was letting our his coaches do what they could do, and um and so I, it, it was fun and, and we started winning and the kids started getting excited, getting the feel of it, and I don't know that we were had any maybe many uh, better athletes per se, other than bringing Bart in at quarterback, but uh, man it just caught fire and I, after we went to the first round we, we really thought we had a chance and and uh, uh so it was it was an exciting year for sure yeah you know we so I didn't know anything about any of the other schools we were playing just because I was brand new and I would always have to ask the other guys so who's West Blockton what are they like you know who's Chelsea well Chelsea's our big rival we you know we've got to got to beat them and so that was a lot of fun just learning about all those new schools as we went but I you know, we once we once we got hot and sort of found our identity, which was throwing the ball around, and then on defense, we we had a pretty nasty defense that year, and had a lot of a lot of tough dudes out there, and um, and and we got rolling, and and we we gained a ton of confidence, and uh, you know, I know we had I remember the uh, Vincent game that was a pretty tight game, and they came out. Uh, that week, and they had put in the Notre Dame box for us. Yeah, they lost and, their quarterback. Yeah, but yeah, 
That's right. They lost their quarterback, and they put in that Notre Dame box, and they actually kept the game pretty close. So I remember that was an exciting game for us, and that was a fun one to win. The Chelsea game was always a big game for us back then when we were in 3A. They were our big rivalry, and we, we laid it on them pretty good that year. And I think that was a that was a pretty big upset just because it, I think it was the second game of the season. And so nobody really expected that. And I think our team, when we beat Chelsea, I think our team really said, okay, we're, we're pretty good. And, uh, and then that Trinity loss at the end of the year, I, I tell you, that's a game that I don't ever forget because I'm still friends with a lot of those guys from Trinity. And, uh, and we had no reason or no, uh, no business losing to those guys. And, it's funny how you look back on, on the losses and, and sort of remember those even more than you do the wins. There's so many things to talk about, Joey. One is all of the characters on that team, between you and Bart, name a few of the guys that made that team really special because, again, this was uh, – they later called it a miracle season, 11-2, and two, and then for years after that, uh, you know, th there would be talk about these guys. I mean, their names were revered because they kind of – brought this winning uh, tradition back to Briarwood and they had, you know, mm -hmm. persevered so well. So who are some of the guys you remember uh, from that era? Well, I'll start with Stephen Walsh. We, we actually, you know, talked about him earlier, but man, that dude had fire in his eyes. He played the game with the way it's supposed to be played. You know, of course, Bart, of course, you have to mention him. He, he really did a great job throwing the football and, and it, you know, it could run the football as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we did, it wasn't such a quarterback run game era at that point, you know, who were in the high backfield and all that, but, but it was, it was, he, he could run the football when he needed to and get out there and make people miss and score. And then Shannon Hartsfield, you know, was the, the was the uh, life of the party, so to speak, you know, uh, a great personality, you know, the things he would say, you know, but he was, he was really funny, uh, kept everybody loose. But, you know, but also a competitor and had that great confidence in that. And, you know, you need a confident guy with swagger on the football team. You need a lot of them on the team. He was one of those guys. Yeah, you know, a few others that I think about, uh, Ryan Chandler. Um, yeah. You know, Ryan, Ryan was such a leader on that team and just an incredible cornerback. Uh, he had some huge hits. I mean, some of the biggest high school hits I've seen in person. He was certainly one. Chris Brakefield was an all-state, first-team all-state player, uh, just a great, great lineman. He was also a fast guy. I think he was even on the 400 relay team that year on the track team. Trip Blaylock was a really good player. He was a, a big old tight end that could run. Um, he made some big plays for us that year. Uh, Brandon Dennis was a defensive end who was – who who was a great defensive end for us that year. Um, you know, we we really were blessed to come in that year and have that group of seniors that was there and and they were hungry, man. They were they were ready to win. And one thing when I think about that year, I really think we had the ability and should have won the state championship. I think we had the team to do it, but we weren't used to going through a 15 game season. And I think we got a little complacent. And, uh, you know, we, we were pretty happy to be in the quarterfinals of the state. And uh, I, I think if you would have put that team maybe three years later after Briarwood had been established, we probably would have won it. I agree. So, Bart, I can't finish that season without talking about one of the longest legacies ever 
that I've seen from that season. That was the 1990 highlight tape. So to this day, guys will still, of all of the highlight tapes ever done, they want to watch Blaze of Glory. And so, you know, it was not a tradition uh, at that point. So I've got to hear the story of the 1990 highlight tape because that thing, to this day, when guys are watching our old tapes, that's the one they go to time and time again. Yeah, you know, I think it was Chris Brakefield that was into all the videography stuff back then. And so I think he actually made the tape. And uh, and back then, the movie Young Guns, but probably 90% of the kids listening to these podcasts won't even know what the movie Young Guns is. But it was the popular movie back then. And that song by, I think, Bon Jovi was the popular yeah. song. So that's kind of the, the feature song on there. And um, yeah, he did an awesome job with that video. And we, man, we had so much fun watching that thing. I watched it all through college and probably yeah. have a copy of it around here somewhere. So Joey, you get the opportunity after that season to, to become a head coach. And, uh, and you know, of course the rest is history, you know, Dora, Mountain Brook, and as revered as you were as a player and loved as an Alabama receiver, you know, your reputation as a coach just continued to grow. So Yeah. Um, well, that obviously each year that goes by as a coach, if you, if you, if you look at it, like, you know, everything, then you're never going to grow. It's just like anything else. And, you know, and I look back at my years at Dora and yeah, I did, you know, we did some good things, but also made some, some decisions, you know, in games, maybe that I wouldn't have made later. Uh, but I was head coach there for three years. Uh, we, Turn turn the team around a good bit, and and uh, you know they had six losing losing seasons in a row, and then was fortunate enough to go to Mount Brook, and they'd had nine losing seasons in a row, and then ended up going to the state championship game in the first year, 1996, and that was a tremendous year, just an awesome awesome year. It's kind of funny that uh, you look at the yearbook uh, from that from that year, and a lot of the seniors' memories were the 1996 football season that they. Yeah most memorable thing. So it was kind of a fun deal. And uh, then, you know, and, and then uh, after Jake graduated, um, you know, went to, went to Birmingham Southern, started that program in South Alabama. So it's just been a great ride. I was, you know, um, really learned a lot, but the biggest thing was is the influence you can have on young men. Uh, Cause you know, when you get my age, you start getting those texts and letters and things like that, that, that a 21-year-old is not going to tell you, you know, at that time. But you know, when they're when they're 42, they will. And and uh, so, but they they you know I learned just as much from them as they ever learned from me for sure. And it's just uh, that's what's great about coaching uh, that you can you know you can kind of influence each other. And it's not just a coach to player relationship; it's a it's a you know player to coach relationship as well. And so Bart, you go to your senior year, and your dad has to figure out what to do on the coaching side, and comes and asks me to think about coming to Briarwood to teach and coach. And I probably should have really thought what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to come behind Joey Jones and then become the quarterback coach for the, for the coach's son, who's already been on the state. Uh, so you guys were gracious to me during that time, but I really just watched. I watched the father-son uh, that was so special. Um, you know, they got to enjoy that and got to enjoy a fun senior year, but definitely had lost some really good players from your junior year. So transition us yeah. from your junior year to senior year. 
Yeah, so junior year to senior year, we lost that senior class, and and that was that was really hard because we were filling in those gaps with guys that were, were about half the size. Half of them didn't have hair on their legs, and so it was a different deal. Um, but yeah, I coach you. I had a great time playing for you and and learned a ton, and it was fun to have you kind of focused on our position group. And I remember how you you know, kind of built a culture around the quarterbacks, which was just such a great experience for me. And, um, you know, it's it, it was a challenging – senior year was a challenging season. I think we went maybe five and five and yeah. didn't make didn't make the playoffs. And, um, you know, that was frustrating for, for all of us involved. But I think it was also a great learning experience. And it, it showed us that we still had a lot of work to do as a program. Yeah. So I'm in my first game. Of course, I'm coaching quarterbacks and linebackers. You know, we're in the 50. And uh, back then, if you're the backside linebacker in a 3-4 defense, you can't just go flying out of there. If your key goes away, you have to step up. And so I can't remember if it's Matt Dennard or Metzger, one of those guys. First play of the game, uh, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do and takes it to the house, you know. And uh, so my first – Every rep as a linebacker coach was a fail, you know. But then, we, <laughs> then we get the ball back, and so Coach Yancey sends in a, a run play. You throw it, sends in another run play. You throw it again, and so he, he finally yells at you, "Do Bart, what are you doing?" And you go, well, "I forgot the signals." <laughs> You're just making as we went. So we had to before game two, oh, we had to re, all relearn the signal system. So it just. Uh, Funny, funny times. Um, That's hilarious. I guess, I guess that was my excuse for wanting to throw the ball instead of handing it off. <laughs> so, Bart, anything else from that senior year that just stands out? Uh, you know, you end up getting an offer to go to Samford, and and uh, I just it was such a, a great year for me, just the memory of, of watching you and Coach work, you know, and he was a coach to you on the field, but man, he also did a great job of as soon as y'all walked off outside those white lines, he was a dad. So, yeah, you know, going into that year, I, I knew that I, I wanted to somehow figure out how to play college football and I didn't know what that would look like. And it was funny because back then the, the five eleven six foot quarterback really didn't have a good shot of, of getting scholarship offers. You know, back then they wanted that, that six three six four pocket passer, and so I knew that it would be a challenge to get one of these universities to look at me. And um, we were throwing for a bunch of yards, but every time they would come watch me play, I was five eleven one seventy. And um, I remember uh, Kevin Kynard, who was a good friend of mine, um, was good friends with Jimbo over at Sanford. And um, I'd been to the Sanford quarterback camp a few years. And so I knew the coaching staff there, but, you know, still, still for them to take a chance on a small quarterback like that, that was going to be sort of a long shot. But Kevin went to bat for me and got, got Jimbo to take another look at me. And they ended up um, offering me a, actually a half scholarship. And uh, I remember a quick funny story is when Sanford called me and offered me that half scholarship, I, I went downstairs and told my parents and my dad just said, congratulations, you know, that is incredible. And I said, well, I didn't accept it. <laughs> and he, he said, he said, well, you get back upstairs and call them right back and accept it. Mm. So 
I, I accepted it and went to Sanford and they put me on full ride after two weeks of fall camp that, that freshman year. And that was a great memory, but yeah, just playing for my dad. What a, what a, a special time for me. Um, just because that, that had always been a dream is to play varsity football for him. And um, like you said, coach, he, he really knew how to, how to treat a son um, and not put undue pressure on, on his son, but, but treat me like his son and then and coach me hard like he would anybody else. But we had such a special, great relationship and I loved playing for him. And then the opportunity to play for guys like the both of you guys as well. I mean, I just, I, I was so blessed to have such great coaches. So, you know how you always remember the, the, the bad things and not the good things. I only remember y'all getting after each other one time during the game. And I think it was at Chelsea when they got their revenge <laughs> after 365 days. But we got inside the 10-yard line like four or five times that game and just had mishap after mishap, a couple of picks. Uh, and coach, three, three to be exact. <laughs> coach yells out at you, uh, Bart, why do you keep throwing those interceptions? And do you remember your, your uh, response? I think I asked him why he keeps calling those plays. <laughs> I think you said, why do you keep calling those stupid plays? <laughs> I heard over the headset. But uh, <laughs> that's a small, that's very small compared to uh, the great things that y'all had interactions with. It was, it was wonderful. You know, your, your Sanford career, I mean, you got to play against Steve McNair, Alcorn State there at Sanford and, and had some amazing uh, trips and games. Yeah, my, my time at Sanford, it, that was such a great experience. And, you know, I, I started playing for Terry Bowden and Jimbo Fisher, and then they left and went to Auburn the next year. So my second game as a freshman to start was at Auburn at Jordan-Hare, and they were the coaches for Auburn. And I was always appreciative that they called the dogs off early on us that year. But we had some great games. That McNair game was – was such a special fun game. I, we tied them 45 to 45. That was the year before overtime. And uh, he threw for 587 yards that, that game. So of course you've had a wonderful professional career, very revered as a businessman, but uh, Joey and Bart, both of you guys. So y'all have been so close still to Briarwood throughout this time through coach Yancey's long career, you know, 29 years at Briarwood. Joey, you would come back from time to time and help us so much with things that you were learning. And Bart, you know, I, I can't hardly remember a game that you weren't on the sideline, um, you know, with the, with your brother-in-law and just enjoying a lot of great memories in football. So when y'all look at, you know, that start, that miracle season in 91, and now we're to the 50th season of Briarwood football, uh, you know, almost 30 of which was your dad's teams and uh, the go through 3A and two state championships and then the jump to 5A. And then the fact now that Matthew Forrester's, you know, taking teams and playing 6A, 7A, just from your perspective, what, what have you noticed about Briarwood and then some of the legacy of the foundation that, that those early years provided even for this team? For, for us to, to lay the foundation that first season for what took place the next 25, 30 years, um, for, for us, that's pretty exciting to see what ended up happening and what the program has accomplished since then. 
And uh, we do feel like we had a small little part of, of showing them, you know, what Briarwood football could be all about and, and how we could do it the right way. But, yeah, I've always loved just the way uh, the program has approached not only the football side of it, but the spiritual side of it mm-hmm. and, um, and really the character that the program has had. In fact, when I started my company 20 years ago, we hired a branding company to come in and help us kind of define who we wanted to be as an organization. And I used a lot of Briarwood football uh, characteristics and really wrote a lot about what Briarwood football looks like because I wanted my company to look like that also. Yeah, and and I think the biggest thing that, that I I remember is that is you know when you when you came to Briarwood and I always felt like you know we they always thought of it like a you know kind of a soft Christian school people outside would look at it that way and and then it was real important to me and, and Coach Yancey, uh Coach Yancey obviously first who's the leader to to have players that that were tough and represented uh, uh, what they what they represented on the field with toughness. I mean, that, I always felt like that was really important. We didn't want to, we wanted to have a lot of the players and the coaches that came in there respect, you know, Briarwood, Briarwood Christian. And so that was the, the coolest thing I saw was just that when you think of a Briarwood football team and man, with the, over the years, they're going to hit you. They're going to, they're going to hustle. They're going to play to the end, to the whistle blows. And that's what's so special about it. You know, I learned a lot of great things uh, from Coach Ancy, obviously, and that was one of them. But it's just a special uh, – it's a special place uh, because, you know, you just feel – you just trust all the people there, and and it's just a great place to work. And I, I tell you, I, I think back about those days and just, just, just love them. Well, love you guys. Goodness, to think that Briarwood was blessed to have a guy like Bart Yancey and then, of course, Joey Jones – to be a part of that foundation of uh, what Coach Yancey built is really special. And we could not have tried to rethink through and remember Briarwood football classics without, you know, talking about that 1990 season, especially. And, and uh, Yancey's coming from Memphis and Joey, your influence there. So I really want to appreciate your time in doing this. And Bart will probably post the 1990 video uh, highlight tape just so uh, a whole new generation of people can enjoy that and uh, get another run there. But make sure that you let everyone know that who participated on that team in those years that we truly appreciate all of the contributions, the sacrifice, and the work that helped uh, kind of, again, build the foundation that we were able to kind of continue on after that. So appreciate the time. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Wonderful time. And and this was, again, was Briarwood Football Classics Podcast. You can find us on all your favorite podcast delivery systems. Mm-hmm.